0: Before I start this podcast, I would like to say rest in peace and my condolences to the victims, the family, the friends, or anybody associated with the terrible shooting deaths in El Paso, Texas in Dayton, Ohio. Now, it took me a while to even gather like the words or just get in the right mindset to talk about this because it seems as if every single day or at least three to four days a week, there's a mass shooting and nothing is being done about it now i don't care too much when politicians come online and send out my condolences tweets you know we we are there for the family it does nothing anybody can tweet anything actions have to be done and now after these past two shootings do i feel personally that actions will be done i don't and i say that because years ago when you had first graders alongside their teachers slaughtered at Sandy Hook Elementary School nothing was done now you first graders like picture your child a lot of you guys who listen to this podcast have kids imagine your five or six year old student even seven they're in school they're learning they're having fun they're playing with their friends And then five seconds later, they take two bullets to the chest. Now, that is tough to think about. But that is what happened in Sandy Hook Elementary School. You had teachers dying to protect their students. Meanwhile, years later, we still have people getting shot dead doing regular basic life things. Like these are not people who are engaging in criminal activity to where someone can justify them maybe being killed those were elementary school students then we had a couple years ago um, I believe it was at the Dark Knight premiere for the Batman movie you had about 10 to 15 people inside the theater watching the movie get slaughtered the killer went around, came in the emergency exit and shot up the entire movie theater. Then a couple years ago, um, in Las Vegas we had people enjoying a festival outside a music festival. It's like the last thing on your mind when you're enjoying a festival, when you're watching a movie, when you're at Walmart, is that within five seconds you will be dead. And that is like a that is a like that is scary to even think about that you can be in Walmart back to school shopping or buying groceries and within 10 seconds your family has to plan your funeral so something has to be done because it's getting redundant and it's getting tough to talk about now do I believe that gun laws will stop every single? mass shooting I don't because we never know what's in someone's heart it's like I can wake up today having a bad day yesterday I could wake up today after having a bad week to where I am not mentally there and where I decide to shoot up a store there's no way no one can know that because I am not going to announce to people tomorrow I'm going to shoot up a store And that is the scary thing. I feel like even when you put a lot of these laws into place, it's hard to kind of signal out who would do it and who wouldn't do it. But sometimes there are signs and a lot of these signs are overlooked because when people say something, a lot of the time we don't assume this person will actually do it. But I mean, something has to be done. The people who make decisions have to come together because This is, it's getting, well, it's been out of hand. Even going back to Calamon, even going back to before. Something has to be done because I have a child, he's four years old and every single day when I send my child out to preschool or when parents send their child out to school, the last thing that should be on their kid's mind is that their child will come home dead I was back to school shopping with someone. Their child is going to second grade two weeks ago. And they had a whole section with bulletproof backpacks. And now, is that convenient for the time we live in? So your child can hold the backpack up to their face and hopefully, you know, won't get killed. But that is sad. And it kind of made me emotional. Like in my mind, in the store, just thinking about that. So something has to be done. I mean, we cannot keep living like this. For the U.S. to be this, you know, this this advanced country, there's no way we should have more mass shootings than anybody. There's no way. So again, my condolences to the victims, the family, the friends, or anybody associated with, with any mass shooting. Something has to be done because what I'm sick of is people dying families have to deal with with the trauma and the grief and these victims die in vain because nothing is ever done so something has to be done my condolences i love all you guys man Welcome to episode 11 of the Lunchroom Chatter Podcast. Um, It's been a lot of crazy shit going on these past couple weeks. But y'all know I like that because when it's crazy shit going on, y'all know what that means. We got shit to talk about. But um, first of all, let's get to Reginae Carter, man. Why do I see a lot of black females killing Reginae Carter for showing up at the pool party that her ex was going to? There was a lot of black women killing killing Regine Carter, calling her stupid she's naive she's an asshole sis why do you keep going back to the same guy making mistakes have you have you women somehow forgot how you were and this is what i hate about social media people come online on social media and pretend as if they have not made the same mistakes somebody else young is also making have we forgot Reginald carter's age Regina Carter is 20 years old. She is 20. I know because Lil Wayne is her father, we somehow believe Regina Carter is older than what she is. She's 20 years old. There are women who are 29, even in their 30s, who are making the same mistakes, falling for the same shitty men over and over and over again. There's someone, I'm not going to say a name, who was in their mid-30s who I know. This guy has fucked up multiple times. He has cheated. He has gotten arrested. He has been caught talking to her friends. And yet she is still with him. And this same female had the nerve to make a post last week on how stupid Regine Carter is. Like how? Now, let me read to you what she said. So, for those of y'all who have been following over the past couple months or even have paid attention, Regine Carter is dating YFN Lucci. Lucy, Lucci, whatever the whatever, whatever the fuck his name is. That's who she was dating. Now he has fucked up on social media time after time after time after time again. And somehow they still remain the couple. Now, a couple weeks ago, or maybe a month ago, Regina Carter had made a post talking about the fact that she's moving on from um YFN Lucci, you know, she deserves better, to where it seemed as if she had finally come into her own and she was no longer putting up with the fuck shit that he was doing. But she um she showed up at a pool party that YFN Lucci was um <laughs> I don't know if he was hosting. But he was at the party and um, this is what she said. OK, guys, I want to say this. I went to the pool party to spy on Ray, which is her ex. Females, don't act like you never did it. But when I heard about the cucumber activities, I left. To be honest, I've made myself look like a fool for this man. And I and I apologize for allowing you guys to see it. I'm young and I'm still learning unfortunately every move I make is publicized I can't control it I'm gonna try to be more private from now on it's hard because I've always been so open and honest but I gotta learn how to deal with my problems alone and in private and that is a fact because with social media it has made things so open to where someone can be going through something that is life or death or someone can be battling issues but instead of seeking out individuals who may help alleviate them issues or who may help make make the situation better a lot of people come online and make posts and make statuses and seek attention love or confirmation from people who really don't give a shit about us but like I said it kind of bothered me that I seen because i i believe i um somebody tagged me in the post on the shade room and y- y'all know what i do like i always go to the comments so i can see the kind of shit people are saying and under that post i've seen a lot of black females killing Regina carter and I'm, i mean i'm not gonna lie it it bothered me because like i said A lot of y'all still make dumb fucking decisions right now. Some of you guys listening to this podcast, this episode, this segment right now. You are still with the guy who has fucked you over and did you wrong time after time after time after time again. Yet you are still with him. And then these same people are bashing a 20 year old girl. A 20 year old young woman for being in love and like you know because I know it's like when this is like your first real serious relationship like in your mind it's gonna last forever because like I said I believe on episode 4 or 5 of this podcast when I was in my first like serious relationship in my mind it was never gonna finish I made dumb decisions after (laughs) Like over and over and over Even when it seemed Well even when she showed That she was not the person for me Even when she showed That this relationship was not going to work Because of her actions I still stayed I had friends telling me John Break up with her Why are you still with her? She is showing you That she is not going to be The person you can marry She is not showing you That you can have a long term Relationship with her but I said fuck all that, and I still stayed because in my mind it was never going to. It was. It wasn't. It, like it was never going in. This is who I'm with. This is the person I love. This is the person that loved me back, even when their actions show otherwise. So Resonate Carter, you 20 years old, man, live your fucking life. Live your life. You live and you learn. As long as you're not making no mistakes to where it is life or death. Well, she did have the issue where I believe they both had got arrested together. But I mean, I understand a lot of um, young females, and I'm sure a lot of y'all can confirm this. A lot of young females love dating the bad boy, the hood nigga, the guy that got the edge to him because there can be two guys that you can choose that you can choose from there can be there can be the guy that is smart he goes to the library he has a great job and then on the flip side there can be the hood nigga the nigga that got that edge you know like he just got that cool like that just like like that cool sexy vibe you want and he'd be on that street shit i see a lot of females choose that choose that motherfucker The guy that got that hood edge vibe like he be on that street shit to where, you know, this nigga going to end up going to jail. But a lot of y'all still date him because that is the kind of person that turns you on when you're young or at that state in your mind at that particular time. There are women who are in their 30s who I still see choose the hood motherfucker who, you know, (laughs) Who you know is not going to be there for you long term because either he is going to get himself killed or he's going to go to jail. So stop bashing Regina Carter for making decisions that all young women make. There's not one single woman out here, young woman, who makes 100% perfect decisions when it comes to men. We all live and we learn. We all date the guy who our friends can see is a fuck up. We all date the guy who who our friends can see. This nigga ain't for us. But females learn from that. It's like you can't learn what to watch out for and what to stay away from until you have dealt with that situation firsthand. Now, people can tell you what to look out for But until you have that first-hand experience, does it really matter? It's like riding a bike. It's like I can tell you how to ride a bike, how to pedal your feet, how to hold the handlebars to where it may seem as if you now know how to ride a bike. But you don't until you get your ass on that fucking bike and you fall over and over and over again. And then eventually, you're going to get on that bike and you're going to have a smooth transition and you're going to be able to pedal yourself on your own because you are now dependent on just yourself in that it helps, man. So you learn from experience. So those of y'all who bashed in Reginate Carter, who was a, I repeat, a 20-year-old girl. Shut the fuck up. Let her live, let her learn. From her mistakes the same way you did But the only thing is that When you fucked up There was no social media When you fucked up There was no Instagram When you fucked up There was no Facebook So you got to fuck up in private She is fucking up in public But she gonna get it together Next up Lunchroom Chatter Podcast Quick break Welcome back to lunchroom chatter podcast this is episode 11 and um last night well every night before I go to bed I always go to the New York Daily News website because mostly I know I am from New York City I have my mother my brother my sister they still reside in New York City so every time I go to bed I always got to go to that website so I can check to see the latest news whether it be crime news whether there's a killer on the loose or just find out what's going on in the world So last night I went to the website, right? And like this, this topic is not even on the docket for today, but there was a man in Queens who went into his ex-wife's job. She worked at a hair salon. He went into her job and stabbed her to death while she was at work. While she was at work, he went into the hair salon. He stabbed her and killed her inside the hair salon now this goes back to a couple weeks where i spoke about how a lot of men are insecure and jealous because once i heard the story like i kind of assumed that i guess her death may have been attributed to that and it has let me give you some of the details now there was also a video circulating around you know in regards to him stabbing her killing her and then laying on top of her body crying um, I refuse to watch that video it's probably too graphic but um, the, the killer his name is William Rivius I believe his name is and RIP to Carmen Iris Santiago she was the woman who was stabbed to death now what happened was as I said this I guess they were estranged because This was the woman's ex-husband. They were married four years. They separated in January. And I guess from January until now, based on what friends and family have said, William Rivius, which is the killer, he was trying to get back with Carmen Iris Santiago. Now this happens a lot. Well, you know, I mean, I'm not sure exactly why they, like, I mean, why they separated, but what happens a lot is when like when a relationship ends i mean the same can be said for men and women but some men can be crazy some men can resort to stalking some men can resort to acting out of character or if you want to say they can be in character with how fucked up they may begin to act so this past seven to eight months, he had been trying to get back with her. And recently she had begun talking to other men. And ladies, you know, that is always a trigger point for insecure and jealous men. They hate when you move on and begin to, in- to entertain or talk to other men. Meanwhile, the same men who may be jealous at you for talking to other men. They may have four to five girls that they are fucking but you can't do nothing. And that seems to be the case here. Um, He noticed that she was talking to multiple men and he continued to try to get back with her. Now, I would assume she was over him 100% because she said no. That is when he showed up at her job. They were talking, they began to argue. Next thing the coworkers know he pulled out a knife and he was stabbing her to death now that has got to be a gruesome scene now to everybody who is listening imagine being at work talking to a co-worker the next minute someone comes in and stabs that person to death to death and now I would assume that a fight had ensued because like when I see the image Of him laying on top of her. He is laying on top of her. And like the back of his shirt is completely ripped. Now you guys can look this up. I believe this happened yesterday. Um, Husband charged with the murder. Of stabbing his wife to death. Inside a New York City salon. If you type that in Google. I'm sure it will pop back up. But. Like I said. this This just takes me back. To a couple weeks. When I spoke about insecure men. And I also told you guys that during my first relationship, I was insecure. Now, I was not insecure to the point that this guy was. This guy was at the point to where he was extreme. There's no coming back from that because his actions have resulted in the death of somebody. I was insecure because I was young and because it was my first girlfriend and i assumed or better yet i believe that me and her will be together forever as most of us do because most of us believe that the first person we are with <laughs> is the person that we are going to marry and stay with for the rest of our lives when in reality it is not like that but ladies um if you are with a, a man that is insecure a man that is jealous now everybody is insecure and jealous in some way like sometimes well most of the time like that is a common emotion it is when that jealousy and insecurity becomes violent or hostile or he begins speaking down or she begins speaking down on you and bringing you down mentally As well as emotionally Because when that happens More times than not Over time It gets physical So ladies make the best decisions In regards to who you date And It seems kind of hard for me to say that Because this woman made a great decision She moved on She decided to divorce him She decided To move on and begin life anew. She had begun dating and talking to other men. So it's just, I, the, uh, the word is just crazy, man. It's always been like this. But when I see stories like this, like me being a man and me being someone who was obvious, well, who was in touch with my emotional side Like I have a heart, so when I see stories like this, it affects me. For those y'all who don't know, that right there was one of the girls who were affected by the recent immigrant sweep done by ICE. Now, that shit right there is heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. For those of y'all who were not following, in Mississippi, they raided a company and they arrested over 600 immigrants. Over 600. Now, I understand that people will say, Well, if you don't want to be arrested, come here legally. I understand that. I do. But what I'm saying is that these people were at work, they're working hard. Now, I have history with a lot of immigrants. And before that, I was kind of naive. As to, I guess, everything around them. And I did have a, I don't want to say I disliked them, but I had a negative mindset regarding immigrants. But until I was able to be around them 24 7, to work with them 24 7, and to build a rapport and a relationship with them, is when I became sympathetic and I begin to understand exactly why they do what they do there was a guy I worked with for two years he was an immigrant he worked here and he was able to get a job because the manager at my job like he felt for him like he had a soft side for this guy because this guy was a he was a great guy he was in his mid 50s he was a hard working guy We had to work five days a week, but he asked, can he work seven days a week? He worked seven days a week for two years. No days off, no vacation, no nothing. And seeing the way he worked, it inspired me to work harder, to have a better work ethic, and just to be a better person for myself and for my family. This is someone who's here now. He's an immigrant. He has no papers, no nothing. And when Trump came into office, I remember there was a time about six to seven months after Trump came into office where ICE had did, um, they had did like a, a small raid down here in Georgia where I now reside. And like I said, he worked seven days a week. He came to work every single day. So it was about four to five days where he missed work. So then I asked my manager, I said, what happened to, you know, to to um so-and-so? Did he quit? That's when the manager told me that, no, um the guy found out that ICE was down here doing some raids. So he, so I guess he asked, can he stay home? Because he was scared to come to work because, like I said, he's an immigrant. And he did not want to come to work or risk driving to work because also he doesn't have a license if he's an immigrant. So he he didn't want to risk coming to work and getting deported. So he waited until he heard that ICE was no longer in the area before he was able to come to work. But like I said, I had a negative mindset in regards to immigrants, but the way he worked, He had a wife and three kids back home. Back home. And he worked seven days a week so he can make enough money, of course, so he can afford to pay his rent here, to live here, to pay his car note here, to pay his utility bills here, and enough to cover most of his family's expenses back home. And one day he FaceTimed his wife and his kids. And I mean, it was... It made me emotional because they were speaking Spanish, but they kept saying, I miss you, papi. I miss you, papi. And I'm just over there in the corner looking and like he showed me the phone with his kids and his wife. And I'm just like, damn, like that is love right there. That is love. Because me being a black man, like I can't imagine myself leaving my mother, my kids, like those I love. Going to a whole nother place and working for years without being able to see my kids and those I love and care about. So the fact that Donald Trump has made it like this massive agenda to focus on immigrants. The shit is fucking reckless. I think it's racist. And I think it's heartbreaking because every single day when we look at the news and we hear about mass shootings, I have not seen, well, if you guys have seen a Julio, Juan, or whoever, any one of these immigrants do a mass shooting, then let me know. Because I have not. I haven't. I watch the news and I read the news every single day and every time I see a mass shooting about nine times out of ten it is a Caucasian. It is a white man who is so involved with white supremacy and all these different ideologies to where he takes it upon himself To take out a whole population. Or. A group of people. As I said when this podcast started. What happened in um, El Paso Texas. The guy wrote. That he was upset and angry. That immigrants were coming. To his state. So he took it upon himself. To go to. He drove. To the area. Where there was a high. You know like there was a lot of Hispanics He drove there Went into the Walmart In the community Where there were many Hispanics And he shot it up The youngest person shot was a two year old So the fact that all this stuff can be happening And these politicians And Donald Trump keep making it about immigrants so they can paint this narrative, it's fucking scary. Like I said, I understand what people say in regards to the fact that, should they come here legally? Yes. But me not being an immigrant, I don't understand exactly the issues or I guess how long it would take to come here legally. Now, I do know that there was a story last year where there was someone here, an immigrant. He was here illegally. He got swept up by ICE and he got sent back to to Mexico. To the town where he lived at. And within two months, he was dead. A lot of Mexicans, they come here because violence is so high in their own neighborhood in regards to the cartel in regards to drugs so they come here because in their mind they're going to be safer here and in reality they probably will be safer here so the fact that people can be sent back into those conditions is scary it really is and like recently I have been thinking a lot about how things used to be back in the days in regards to african-americans in regards to even anne frank like some of those conditions and a lot of it just seems similar to the way it is now because thinking back to when i was seven or eight years old i can't imagine getting out of school and being told that my mother is not picking me up because that is what happened to many of these kids I seen reports that said many of those kids had to sleep overnight in the school's gym because their parents could not pick them up because ice had them. Now me being an adult, I can understand and I like I can better be able to you know like just think about how things would affect me physically, mentally and emotionally. But me being an eight year old, like like when I think back and I like like I take myself back to when I was seven or eight years old, I can't imagine how I would feel being told my mother is not picking me up or my mother is being sent back to a place where I where I do not reside at. Like it is hard to understand the effects of that on a child. It's, it's crazy man so the fact that this shit can be going on on top of the mass shootings which already has the population in the majority of the world scared anxious and depressed to be honest I mean I just hope that you know some good comes from this like this I guess like I said I understand that immigrants are immigrants and that they are here illegally but something has to be done because we have kids two, three, four, five years old in these horrible conditions. For what? For what? Like, immigrants are not the problem. I understand that people say immigrants take up jobs and, you know, all that shit people run to when they try to come up with, with an excuse as to why they should not be here. But it's scary because. Like I said, three to four days a week there's a mass shooting in some kind of extent. Immigrants are not the problem. They're not. They're not. So what should be done is what like the like the major issues we have here in the US, focus on that shit first before you try to make it like this this big agenda to crack down on these immigrants. Like I said, I'm I'm a U.S. citizen. I was born here. My family's from here. But just because I'm from here does not mean I cannot have a heart for immigrants. So to anybody affected by these policies, like I said, me being in Georgia, like I've seen firsthand with these immigrants when I was in California. Like these immigrants are really affected. Not just the adults, these children. It's, it's just so much negativity and so much hatred going on in the world right now. I just hope that just something, something happens overall to where it can just help the U.S. have a more positive mindset and just not be so depressed because every time the news comes on it's always something that's depressing. That's why I love when NBA season um, comes back around because during NBA season and when um, the football season starts, it gives me something to take my mind off of everything going on, the pain, the agony, and just how depressive things can be. This is Lunchroom Chatter Podcast, episode 11. Welcome back to the Lunchroom Chatter Podcast. Now, those of y'all who listen weekly, you know how I love to end my podcast with a song by an artist. I feel is amazing, but may not have that mainstream exposure yet, but it's coming. This right here is a new song by my guy, Yo Train. This song is brand new. Just dropped August 9th. This song is a song by my guy, Yo Train, called Pulling Up.
1: winning me fake love bitches turning up with the dogs rolling with the gang what's up but my drink don't want no sense in my cup To save instead of wasting dollars. When I'm with my crew, I'm always doing the wrong shit. Yeah, smoking on that gas, sipping on drinks, dying slow and living fast. She don't wanna think, and the homies wanna flex. They throwing bins. I remember when the bus when we were young. Now There's an 80% chance for blowing I never do this unless I'm drunk now I'm both. I'm thinking of those days when I was broke. Flex the thorn pants. I remember when the bus when we were young. Now pulling up, pulling up on you. Pulling up, pulling up on you. Show me your love. You all ahead of me. Without you, all this cash, don't mean
0: anything. That right there was my guy, Yo Train, with Pulling Up. Episode 12 next week. You guys be safe. Stay smart. Love y'all man, your train pulling up.